This is the In Motion Ever Marvelous Malicious Events Podcast. I'm Melanie. Now let's get to it. buckled in. I sure am because I believe in safety. Now, <laughs> let's talk about arena talks. I know I have mentioned these before. This is something that I have a lot of heart into. So let me let me kind of take you through a chronological uh, memory lane, if you will. In 2018 or 2017, let's see, Chris moved up here. <laughs> I should have done the math. So I moved to Utah like the first, like the second day of 2017, Chris came up in May 18. Okay. So it was right around our wedding in 2018. So in the springtime of 2018, the like partner slash employer, I guess that Chris has been working with ever since then in recovery, he said, Hey, I really want to put together these speaker events. I think we ha- I know a lot of contacts and I think we could really put together something special to what he said at the time. And we've since um, updated, which was very good either way. He said, I want to foster human connection and end the stigma on addiction. What that means is if you are someone who doesn't know anything about the recovery world or only is fears people with addiction, maybe they're scary, you don't know how to handle it, you've had a bad family fight because you didn't know how to handle your child or your spouse or anyone else that had some kind of addiction and you just maybe weren't educated or scared and lashed out, who knows? There's so many things with it. But the thing about addictions is people believe, people, like the stigma is that when one has an addiction, they'll never stop. They'll always have an addiction. They are in, incapable of even growing past it. And they're, they're scary people. You don't want to hire them. You can never trust them. These are terrible things. I am super duper duper grateful that my own husband has a background in, he drank a lot. He did a lot of cocaine. Those are his, his two what, what I will say is saving grace because if he did not go through what he went through, he would not be who he is today, like most things. But I'm so grateful that I, like, he, he overcame that and he's, he was, I not overcame, I mean, he did, but <laughs> it's called sober. He became sober before I met him. However, for I think 17 years, that was his life and just understanding the cycles and getting into that mindset and him sharing with me how it was, what he did. And he's, he's very open because I'm also very accepting and, and I know the person he is now and, and I'm sure I would understand the person he was then and why he chose to do things. But because Chris has that background, I've been so like my, I am just so open when I see when I see people on the street who look like they do not have a home and they're maybe mumbling to themselves, like I kind of understand, oh, that must be these kind of drugs. They kind of make that do that to you. Like I'm more educated in what that is. So when I talk to them, maybe I won't be so offended or scared if they don't respond back or, you know, there's just, there's so many little things. But the main thing is I no longer fit that stigma of uh, someone who just doesn't know anything about addiction and assumes the worst. So... I Am Recovery is the name of this business. That is the name of really my client. My client is Jared. He is the one who owns I Am Recovery. He is such an an amazing individual that he said, you know what? I've worked in recovery for a long time and I see this as, you know, I'm going to take you there. Let's get into this. 
this is something I've learned and I still very not, I don't know all the ins and outs because I do not only work in recovery, but this is what I've learned because we're also good friends with Jared and his family. So there's a lot of recovery centers where they make their money from insurance because the insurance pays for the individual to live in a sober home so that they can be sober and they don't have to all have all these medical bills and go to the hospital and die. So when recovery centers take on an individual in their sober homes and their programs, inpatient, outpatient, you know, whatever they do, they sometimes see those individuals as insurance. They like Jared said that he would be in meetings with people he worked with in the past and they would go, Oh yeah, that blue cross. And Oh yeah. Or maybe they would refer to them as numbers because they obviously you need to run on money. But he said they took the individual and they took the human out of these people. So it was just a really big deal that Jared said, forget this. I need to start my own. I'm going to. So he started his own. He now has and operates one woman's home and one men's home in the Utah County and they have a big office where they hold inpatient, outpatient, which means the people who live in the homes, they have inpatient groups and they have therapists, they have coaches. Chris is the head coach who kind of guides where the coaching program will take them and how to coach people out of probably what they've heard the whole time they've tried and attempted to recover and stop their addiction mindset. Um, And so, and, and, and this is where we hold events too. So if that gives you a little bit of taste about like this company and kind of what it does, what it is, first and foremost, if you know of anyone in the Utah County, and really not, there's a lot of people who have moved to Utah and gotten in this program because they knew someone who knew someone who knew that this would be their saving grace that would save their lives. There have been people I know who did not make it out alive in their addiction and that's that's a tough that's a taboo subject because I know a couple of them I I didn't know them personally but I like Chris would come home and he would say like hey this is what's going on I might need to go over to the house just because this person's struggling and um you know I know I know as much as like a, a third bystander would or a third person perspective but I think the people who died it was almost like that was the best option for them because they would have gone in such a cycle of really just hell. They would have just hurt themselves. A lot of times, like, it may be an addiction and their body may crave it, but also their mindset is just so bad that maybe death really was their best option. And I'm not saying I'm happy they died, but I think part of them maybe was relieved that they died because... I don't know. It's just it's just such a tricky world and you really have to have the right kind of mindset and consistent practices of how you feel and your emotions in the practice to be in recovery. So I love, love, love working with I Am Recovery. They are phenomenal. They're consistently improving. I have seen it from the beginning where the houses were not open to people. They were not, you know, by city law or regulations. They were not sober homes. They were just the first house and that's where Chris actually moved into there so he could help start the program and that's when Chris and I were dating and it's just been really neat to see how how awesome this company has shifted willingly because they know they want to be better and keep improving so now that you have a background in all things I am recovery and arena and uh recovery and addiction and stuff 
let me tell you about arena talk. So Jared said, Hey, I want to start these speaker events. We know a lot of people. I know a lot of people. Let's get some speakers in here so that we can put those who have overcome and have had the triumph and have maybe gone from nothing to everything they feel right now. Let's get them in front of our patients. Let's get them in front of just people in the community who want others around them that they can win with other people that they can relate with other people make friends build a community of sobriety and have some fun activities in there so arena talks was born and it actually has in the very very beginning it was a little rocky just because we all didn't know what we were doing I was very new to doing my own events if you will I think I don't remember the actual specific first but we went to some community center and it was I think we planned it to be like, I don't know, we've, we've definitely gone down in time. I think we had it like three hours long and we, I don't think we had an intermission or a break in between. So it just seemed even longer, but we were all kind of excited seeing where it would go. And we had some great speakers. We brought a lot of people in. We had some, I think I brought Christmas light. I, I seriously, I did not have all the decor and stuff I have now. (laughs) So I, I think my partner who is a, also a coach in the program. His name is Shay. He's the one who takes care of all the internal marketing and communication. And he also knows some people. So like, for example, tonight he brought in two people he knew that could share their stories. So anyway, (laughs) it was just, it was just all sorts of what I'm sure if I looked back at it going ghetto, there wasn't really a theme. I think we had a little bit of color. We barely just got our logo for arena talks and we were still figuring out how to put this together but we had amazing speakers. Let me tell you what, we had one guy who, he actually wrote a book. I think it's called Black Tar Mormon. Um, But he, the only thing I remember from his story is that he lived, there's there's a pond near high school that Chris and I used to run by. And he said, you guys know that pond that's not too far from here? That's like the reservoir behind the high school. He goes, I, the happiest time of my life, I was homeless and I was living near that pond. And he said, I was so happy because all I was doing was staying sober and going to work. And I was so happy. Life was so simple. And there's just so many moments that have humbled me to the core because, because these stories are unlike mine and they're, they're incredible. Um, we had another guy, let me think, we've just had a lot of amazing people. We've had men, we've had women, we've had Um, therapists. We had a counselor come in. We've had um, entrepreneurs who are now, whether it's an entrepreneurship doing something that they love, or if it's going back into the community and helping other people who were in their shoes. So I'll tell you last month, we had some speakers who um, they, they had their fair share of addiction. And I, I don't know, I don't remember what kind or what their, what their, what is it called? Drug of choice. So DOC, their doc was. (laughs) So anyway, they came in and now they have this organization that they are all running and it's a very tight knit group. Like it's half family and half friends, but really they all are family because they're so tight knit and helped each other get out of the crap that they're going through. And now they go back to like, they go into inner cities and they go around to all of the homeless people and they say, Hey, we'd like to do your laundry. Can we have all of your laundry? Let's help put it in a bag. And something I thought was interesting, but also probably very vital is a lot of those people in the parks in the specific area, since they all like were probably in those shoes in that specific park, they know that there's a lot of needles being used. So if you think about it, maybe all those needles are 
dirty so that these people are not only having an addiction or they, they have an addiction. They're not only just feeding themselves negativity, but they could also get infected and get even worse. So they said, let's give them clean syringes, clean needles, because although we cannot stop this harmful thing, we can help it. So it was just super interesting to like see that mindset and think about those things. It's so awesome that they go over there. Um, one time we had through a connection, through such a crazy connection, if you go on Netflix, and I talked about this in the very beginning of the podcast, but I said, oh, I'm a celebrity event planner because I did a celebrity event. And that was for the guy on the Netflix series called The Kindness Diaries. Uh, oh, shoot, I forget his name. He's like the super nice guy. I hugged him twice. It was great. We did two events with him, but he came in and we, we that was the first experience of me renting out a school a stadium or a school uh, theater and that theater wasn't working. So we had to go to another theater in the school and it was just so cool. So after all of these events, I think we've had, and we've taken time off here and there and it used to be very PC. It was just so chaotic. It was on a different day every month. Um, I think we originally were like, oh, let's do big events every other month. And so we tried that and we were PC and it was hard to find a venue because we would just move it around so much. And then it was hard to market for those because we moved it around so much. The only thing consistent was we were showing up. I don't even remember if we had it at the same time or not, to be honest with you. So now that I Am Recovery has a specific office where they can hold events, they have a yoga studio we have said we're going to do it consistently on the same day each month, every single month at the same time in the same place. So now it's at their office, which is even better because since they're at the office, they can then showcase, here's our office. If this is your first time, here's who we are. Here's my face. Here's where the patients will be coming. Here's where we have events and all this other stuff. And so it's super nice that on the last Wednesday and first Wednesday of every month, we do arena talks and what we call into the arena, which I can talk about later. I'm not going to talk about now, but arena talks has just been so amazing. And, and even still like me and Shay, before this started today, we, I think Shay asked me the question. He goes, Mel, what do you do when you have an expectation of a lot of people that will show up and they don't? And it, it like, even still like, of course we have COVID-19 going on. Of course we have all these all these different things that are just everything is in the air. We have unknowingly unexpectations or expectations and then they're shot and we just don't know what the outcome's going to be. We still however struggle with how do we market better? How do we get the word out? How can we like we just changed the room so that the stage that we have is on another wall because there was an obstruction of a TV and so we are constantly improving. And that is so sweet to my mouth. It was so fun. It has been so fun to work with Shay, to get feedback from him, to get feedback from the client like Jared, who owns I Am Recovery, because he goes to all these events, and to just really get feedback from other people and, and say, hey, how was it tonight? And even the speakers, like, hey, how did you feel it went? And it's awesome because even if tonight we had a small crowd, we had 16 people, and maybe you're like, oh, girl, you had 16 people and COVID's going on. Like you could have had zero and that's true. However, our goal is to have like at least 20. It still feels empty, but we like to have 40. We've had 40 before. It was almost consistent, but then, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. So 
it's it was just nice. The speaker said that they felt it. They, you know, it goes back to that story. And maybe it's a religious story, but I do feel like the church brings it up a lot. And it's where this kid is going on a a shoreline and he's throwing all these starfish back into the ocean. And there's so many that are all over the beach, but yet he's just like walking along, throwing a few back in a time. And some, some guy comes by and he goes, Hey kid, like there, you can't make a big difference. You're, th- you're there. See how many starfish are all over this land right here. Like you're not doing anything. You're not making any difference. And the kid threw one, didn't say anything. He threw one in the ocean. He said it made a difference to that one. And it gives you the principle of, if you can affect and impact one, it's a success because it, it does just take one. So whether that's the speakers themselves or whether that's everyone else or whether that's even me, I'm like behind there running it <laughs> and not even staying present the whole time because I'm thinking of, oh, okay, there's a latecomer. I need to tell them this information and I need to grab these tickets and make sure I grab the donation bucket and make sure, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of event stuff. So I'm not present hundred percent of the time when I am, it's wonderful and even when I'm not, it's wonderful because I love what I do. But what I'm saying is it is such a success. It is so fun to really get a routine and a rhythm to have that team to get in a rhythm with. I have even outsourced some of, of some of my day of work and I've had a friend come by and she's helped with the sign-in table so that I can be more available for maybe opening announcements for the evening and getting people kind of excited. <laughs> I started doing this maybe two events ago, but to get everyone's attention, sometimes when I was in, when I was in school, we had this loud ometer that when you got really loud, it would go, you know, just to tell you to shush. (laughs) So what I do though, is I go, can I get a whoop whoop? And that way everyone goes whoop whoop. And I do it a few times and maybe I change it up after I do a couple whoop whoops and then I'll do a tonight since Halloween is on Saturday and it's only a few days away. I'm wearing a Halloween dress. I, I did now give me your best witch cackle and I went now give me a woo. Then it was just so fun to do just to get their attention, bring them back, get them present, get them smiling, having fun because it is fun. It is fun to be sober. It is fun to have that community. It is super fun to have a team by your side. So if I have not convinced you of Arena Talks, I don't know what will. <laughs> you can definitely come on by. There every last Wednesday of the month is Arena Talks. We love, love, love when we have anyone there. We love sharing what we know. We love sharing what we're learning. And I would just say Arena Talks is the best. I'm really grateful that I am the event planner for <laughs> for this company because I really love it. Oh, and the reason why I feel like my heart is so into it is because, um, sorry, I'm sitting in my car as I'm outside and my neighbor brought her cute dog outside. And of course, when there's a dog, I go squirrel. Now, the best thing I love about it is that I feel that my trust has gotten deeper with my client, with Jared and even with Shay and with my husband, my husband now shows up because he, we bought a camera for ourselves and we offered once like, Hey, we have a nice camera. Let's record it and let's put these on YouTube. So Chris will edit these down and do all this stuff. So it's kind of a whole team family effort. And I just, I feel that as we've gotten better, Jared, my favorite moments are after an event, Jared goes, that was really good. And I feel, I really enjoy the flow. I enjoy the timeline. I enjoy this and that. And 
and oh, it's just, it feels so good. It feels so good to be appreciated, not because I need it, but because I know that it's working and what we're doing is effective. And it's also, it just a feel good moment that we can bring this to people that we can, like there was, there was some tear shed tonight because it got that deep. It's, I I just can't, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) It's just so good. So if you want any information about Arena Talks, please message me, follow me. Don't stalk me, but if you must, stalk me because I want to invite you to attend Arena Talks. It is open to the public. It is free. I mentioned earlier there is a donation bucket, so we do pass around a bucket so that we can use that money for marketing. We can use that money for for buying the raffles that we give. Heads up, we have a raffle. So when you come and give us your information, such as your email and your phone number, that's the only thing. I send out a newsletter maybe twice, maybe three times in a month just to give you a, like, hey, here's a little bit about our speakers. Remember to wear a mask, yada, yada, yada. But then you get a raffle for that. You get a raffle for following my page, for following Arena Talks. You even get a free book. Out of all this big selection of books, if you write a simple review on Google or Facebook about I Am Recovery, it's just, it's so fun. There's so many great things about it. And we used to do these phenomenal snacks. And when I tell you Shay loves his snackies, he's a snacky guy. So even that was phenomenal. If you want to have a good time, if you want to feel inspired, even if you don't have a background in any kind of addiction, like I never, I never ever struggle with drugs, alcohol, none of that, but I do struggle with an addiction. Like I, I feel like I'm addicted to treating my body not nice. Like I don't always eat the healthiest and I'm aware of that. Yeah, I still do it. So it's not technically an addiction. And some people are addicted to sugar and they probably don't want to admit it because they're like, no, I just have a brownie every day. Girl, you don't need a brownie every day. So anyway, it's a phenomenal. Reach out to me. Thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast. If you do ever want to suggest, hey, Melanie, I love the way you talk about things. You have a great voice. Talk about this or have a question about that. I am very open to it. Even if you have something you feel you want to share, I'm very open to interviewing you. So thank you for following along. Love, love, love recovery. And that stigma on addiction. We'll talk to you next time.